Um, so Daf Memvav Amid Bey is the bottom line. The last thing the Gemara talked about was that incident with Elisha, that as Elisha is leaving the leaving Yericho after fixing the water, the young kids uh, start uh, being disrespectful, and he looks at them, and, and bears come out. So the Gemara says, Two bears come out of the forest, and they killed these 42 uh, youths. These 42, it was like, like a large gang. So, so the Gemara says like this, Rav Shmuel, it's a machlekes Rav and Shmuel. Chad one says that it was a miracle what took place. V'chad amarneis metechneis, and one says a miracle within a miracle. So there's different, it's machlekes as to how miraculous was the, uh, what happened. The first opinion is, Mad it was just a miracle what happened. Yar there was a forest there. Doivim lehava, there were no bears in the forest. The miracle is that bears appeared. Okay, but it's still bears appearing in a forest, so it's not as big of a miracle. But one opinion says, no, it was a miracle within a miracle. What does that mean? The truth is, there wasn't a forest there and there wasn't bears there. Meaning, not only did he create bears, Hashem created a forest out of nowhere. There wasn't a forest and there wasn't a bear. So the Gemara says, wait a minute, why do you have to create a forest? Just create bears. You don't need a forest. What do you need a forest for? The answer is, Debiisi, bears will not attack if they don't have a forest to run to. So even if you're creating bears, it still has to work within nature. You can't just create bears out of nowhere, they're not going to attack, they're going to retreat. Bears have to have a forest to go back to. Even when there's a nace, it's still the miracle has to work within nature. So the miracle was that bears were created. But you're not going to create bears that go against the nature of bears. Bears will not attack if they don't have a, a home to run to and a home to protect. So therefore Hashem had to make a forest and then bears so that the bears would be aggressive enough to attack. And Yonah with the fish, fishing people. I got big ones. <laughs> big ones. Amram Chanina. Now, it says that there were 42 that were killed. Now, the Gemara says the significance of the number 42 is The 42 children were killed were corresponding to the 42 karbonos that Bolok offered to Hashem to, in order to destroy Klal Yisrael. So because Bolok, in the story of Bolok and Bilam, Balak brought 42 karbanas in order to appease Hashem to allow Bilam to curse us, chas v'shalem. So the reward for that was 42 kids being killed much years later. Now, here's the kasha. The, the Gemara at this point assumes that the 42 kill, de, children that died were a reward for this 42 karbanos. The problem is we know that he got rewarded in other ways. He got rewarded that he was able to have Rus as his great-great-granddaughter. Right? Rus came from Balak. So the Gemara says, Aini, you're telling me the reward was the 42 kids? I thought he got a different reward. The Gemara says a famous line, that you should learn Torah and keep mitzvahs even for the wrong reason. Why? Now Balak brought karbanas. Definitely not the right reason. It was Mishloi Lishma Mamish. But still, he got rewarded. What was the reward? Zacha Vyatsman Urus. Vyatsman Shloima. He was Zacha to have Rus, who eventually was the matriarch of David and Shloima. Shekasu Ve Elif Oilus Yalu Shloima. Because he brought Karbanos, he was Zacha to have Rus as his great granddaughter, who had a grandson named Shloima Amel, who, brought the, who built the Besamidish with his Karbanos. The reason is because it's specifically, I thought about that, it's specifically connecting to the carbonus that we brought. 
in the Beis Hamikdash, and David didn't bring carbonus in the Beis Hamikdash because it was only built in Shlomo's time. Meaning, it's the forty-two carbonus equal to thousands of carbonus by Yidden, and that was in the time of Shlomo onward. Balak. Um, so Rus came from Eglon, who came from Balak. So how could it be that it was a reward? I thought he got a different reward he got from Rus. The answer is The reward for the carbon was Rus. But the fact that he brought 42 carbonus, it created a kitrig against Klal Yisrael. It's not a reward. The 42 kids that were killed is not a reward to Balak. It was that his carbonus created a judgment against Klal Yisrael that affected those 42 kids. And when those 42 kids did not act the way Jews act against Elisha, it created a judgment against them. It's not a reward for Balak. There's the reward, and then there's the, the, the judgment that was created. What's the problem? He gets schar, he gets a reward, a reward for what he did. This is not a reward. The 42 kids being killed was not a reward for Balak. It's not like, okay, good job, Balak. It's that it created a judgment against Klal Yisrael. Right, so why would it be called a reward? It's not. What's the hava mean? The Gemara thought it was a reward. It said 42 karbanos, 42 kids killed. It sounds like it's a reward. It's not a reward. The reward is Rus. The re- it's not a reward. It was created a kitchuk against Klal Yisrael. Now the Gemara says, before Elisha fixed the water, he got to Yericho, and this is what the people of Yericho said about the water. The people of the city said to Elisha, They said, we love this city, except there is no water and everyone's dying. So it's a strange thing. It's like, it's like uh, I love the city except everybody's dying. If everybody's dying and there's no water... So what's so good about the city? So the Gemara says a rule. HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes that people like their town. Even if their town is flawed, Hashem makes that people like their town. So when you move it to a place, there's a certain chain that a person has to his hometown, even if it's very flawed. And that's part of the chain in order to keep people happy. So the, the people of Yericho loved Yericho. It made no sense. To an outsider, it made no sense. But there's a certain chain. The truth is Hashem created three chain. There's three things of chain. And by the way, there's all these three things are also the three things the Gemara and the first daf of Saita said is preordained, happens before you're born. What are the three things that a person just naturally is chayin. Chayin makam al of where you live. Chayin ish al baila, a person's wife. There are certain wives that the husband just loves them, even though to the outsider it doesn't make sense. That's chayin ish al baila. And chayin mekach al what you buy. You go to the store, certain people love certain vases. It's, it's ugly to everybody else, but to them it's nice. And these three things, HaKadosh Baruch created a certain chayin. They're also the ones that are preordained. That's probably where the chayin comes from. As we said, that 40 days before a person, it says who you're going to marry, what you're going to buy, and where you're going to live. Okay, Ten Rabbanon. Now, I mentioned yesterday, end of the daf, I thought I, I was afraid I spoke out of term, but it's from this Gemara, that while Elisha didn't do anything wrong, he was a Navi, but how they were killed was a little gruesome, and there was a certain taina on Elisha for this. The Gemara says, Ten Rabbanon, Shloisha chala in chala Elisha. There were three illnesses that Elisha had in his lifetime. Echad shegira doivim because one was a punishment for having the bears attack the kids. Again, it's not that he did something wrong; they should have died. But the, how they did it was a little, uh, a little tiny against him on his level. One is that he pushed away gechazi. He pushed away gechazi. Right? We all know the story. Uh, I don't know. Sorry, I'll mention it later on. Naaman was a non-Jewish general who came to gechazi because he had saras. Gechazi healed him. Naaman wanted to give gechazi money as a reward. Gechazi said, "I'm sorry, Elisha. I'm sorry." So he goes to Elisha. I'm sorry. So Naaman goes to Elisha because he has saras. 
Elisha heals him, and Elisha says, I don't want anything for it. Gehazi then runs after him privately and says, oh, Elisha changed his mind, you can give me the money. And he pocketed it. He was the first, uh, 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 not good Gabai uh, in, 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 uh, in Kalal Yisrael's history. And as a taina against him, I'm sorry, so Elisha pushed him away. Elisha pushed Gehazi away and he said, get out of here, mamish, get out of here. And as a taina that he shouldn't have pushed him too hard because Gehazi went off the derech and we're going to see Gehazi refused to come back because it was, it was too harsh, so on some level. So as a taina, Elisha got sick. And the last illness was his final illness from which he died. Okay, now... This next Gemara uh, has a sentimental value to me because this is, I, I named my Svarim after this line, but not the line from Shas. The Gemara is Rabbanon, that you always push away with the left, the Yemin Mikarevis, and you bring close to the right. So I, I named my Sefer Mikarev Yemin because I just like the words Mikarev Yemin. That's the Lushan in, in the Medrash and Rabbah. So I don't know if you remember, I brought it to Rabbi Weinberger. And he, Rabbi Weinberger, Rabbi Moshe Weinberger in the Five Towns for Haskama, and he's looking at the Sefer and he says, it's beautiful, but I, I hate to tell you that's not the Lushan, it's not Umakar Vimin, it's Vimin Mekarevis. So I told him it's in a Medrash Rabbah, and I, I showed him inside, he said, okay, okay, good. He said, I wanted to make sure that you didn't mess it up. Vimin Mekarevis, you should always bring closer with the right hand. Meaning, even though you push away, you have to have it that they, there's a still a chance they'll come back. Unlike Elisha, who pushed away Gehazi with both of his hands. And now like Rav Yeshua Parachia, who pushed away one of his students. Now this Gemara is a very famous Gemara because it was taken out by the censors. This is the Gemara about Yashka, about Jesus, that this is the student. This student that Yeshua ben Parachia pushed away, the, the, the original versions have as Yeshu Hanaitzri. That he was, this is the, this is the, uh, the origin story, as they say in movies, of, of Yashka going off the derech. So we'll get to his story in a second. Elisha, what's the story of Elisha? Why did, Elio, uh, why did Elisha push away Gehazi? Because it says, right? Again, Naaman gets healed by Elisha. He says, please take these uh, silver and these shirts, these suits. Now the Pasik says that Gehazi took the stuff, he took the silver and he took the suits from Naaman. The Pasik says that Elisha said to Gehazi, you took the gold, you took the silver, you took the begod, the mezaisin, the kramim, tzayin, bakar, avadim, shachis, you took everything from him. And Elisha was very upset and he kicked him out. So the Gemara just says, wait a minute, he didn't take that much. He actually just took suits and silver. But Elisha accused him of taking gold, silver, clothing, olives, vineyards, sheep, slaves. So wait a minute, umi shakukuli hai. Did he take that much? He just took uh, gold and silver. So I'm Rav Yitzchak. Clothing. A nice new suit. That was a gift. That and silver. So the Gemara says, At that time, Elisha was learning he says, it's time for you to take all your schar, meaning what Elisha was saying to Gehazi was, you didn't just take silver and clothing, you took all your schar for all your learning, and therefore you don't have Olam Haba. By you taking this, you took schar of, of, in this world. 
and the tzaras of, of, of Naman will stick with you and your children forever. The Pasuk says later on, there was at the gate there were four Nitzarim. Now the Pasuk says that Elisha pushed him way too harsh. This is the story. Elisha went to Damasek. Why did he go? He went to go get Gechazi back. So he goes back and he says, No, it's time to come back. He refused to do tshuva. Elisha said to Gechazi, Why don't you do tshuva? I, I, I received a tradition from you. If you sin and cause others to sin, Tshuva, it's, it's too difficult to do tshuva. Now, it obviously doesn't mean that it's too difficult. It doesn't mean that tshuva is impossible. It just means very difficult. Meaning, Elisha said, Gechazi said to Elisha, I didn't just sin. I caused others to sin also. So uh, I'm, uh, it's too, uh, it, I'm a goner. So what did he do? My other, what did he do to cause others to sin? Ikeda Amri, it's not, it's a bad sin. We know that, we know that Yeruvim ben Avot, Yeruvim ben Avot set up um, uh, an idol uh, for people on their way to uh, to go uh, to stop them from being a regal, he also put up. Um, one second. Wait. Can we start? I'm sorry. I just have to tell my next chavrusa that we're going to be a little late. Uh, yeah. So he he set up an idol, and what Gechazi did was he he made the idol move. He set up these magnets and metal to make this idol, to make this calf float, right? If you put very, very heavy metal um, opposite uh, types of the magnets, it'll start to hover. So he did that in order to make people think that the calf actually had kachas. So he said, ah, that's, uh, I'm a goner after that. Or another shot, which is even worse. Some say he took the Shem Hashem, put it into the mouth of this calf, this idol. And it magically caused the calf to say, So it's pretty bad. Uh, and some have a last version is, That when Gechazi was the Gabai of Elisha, he prevented Rabbanim from coming in. He probably took money and he prevented Rabban from coming in. As the Pasuk says, after Gechazi removed, the, the, the Rabbanim complained to Elisha after Gechazi removed that it's so tight here. There's so many people in the room learning from you, which implies up to that point it wasn't so tight because Gechazi would keep the Rabbanim from going. Okay, now this next Gemara, as I mentioned before, was taken out by the censors. It's good to know this is the story, this is the origin story of, of Yashka. So the Gemara says, Yeshua ben Parachi Mahi, what's the story of Yeshua ben Parachi pushing away his student? Kedavah Kekotl, Yanai Malka the Rabbonim. We know that King Yanai was killing the rabbis because he wanted to be Kayin Gadol, and he, the Rabbonim said he's not worthy to be Kayin Gadol. So he started killing out all the rabbis. So, except for Shem ben Shetach, who was his brother in law. Shem ben Shetach was saved. So this of Yeshua ben Parachia, Shim ben Shetach Atime Achte. Shim ben Shetach was saved by his sister because she was the wife of the king. Rav Yishum ben Parachia Ozel Arak Laksanya Melech Mitzrayim. So Rav Yishum ben Parachia ran to Egypt. He escaped to Egypt. Now Kiyav Shalma, when everything was peaceful in Eretz Yisrael, shut. Yeah. Is it the end of the um, temple? Well, the, 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 this is where it gets a little tricky. This is Shim ben Shetach is definitely in the mid to the end of the second base on Bigdash. There was a Taisvis Arush felt that there were actually two Yashkas historically, but Pashtus, this is the one, and it's the end of the mid to end second base Amikdash. Yeah. 
So he runs to Al, to Egypt. He runs to Egypt, and when there's peace in Eretz Yisrael, Shalach Leishem Ben Shetach Shem Shetach sends to bring him back. He says the following message: Mini Yerushalayim Yerakoydish Lach Alexandria Hometzrayim. Yerushalayim sends the message to Alexandria of Egypt. Achoysi Bayli Shari B'Teichech Vani Yosheves Shemema. You're full and I'm empty. Meaning the Rabbanim should come back. Okay, Omar, so upon hearing this letter, Rabbi Shum Parachia says, Shema Mino Shalma, obviously it's peaceful for me to come back. Now, Kiyasa Ikla, Kiyasa Ikla Laush Buza, he's traveling, he gets to a certain inn with his student with Yashka. Come Kamayu Bikra Shapir, his hostess uh, stood up to show him cover. And they showed him a lot of cover. So, Yasa Kamashtaba Kamanach San Yazu. So, Rabbi Shum Parachia, who's a Tana, said, Wow, this woman is so no, it's so beautiful what she's doing. Now, obviously, he didn't mean physical beauty. That would be very inappropriate. And by the way, for the record, if the Lubavitcher ever, any tzaddik you can imagine, was saying, what a beautiful home, what a beautiful hostess you'd have, I don't think anybody would think that he's uh, complimenting their figure. That would be disrespectful. But he said, meaning how beautiful is her actions. So Yoshka says to him, she's not so pretty, her eyes are round. Like, I've seen, I've seen prettier. So Rav Shum Parachi is very upset by this. He says, "Russia, bekachat Isaac. Russia, you you think I'm looking at her beauty? Meaning, uh, you're accusing me of of complimenting her physical beauty? Absolutely not." Apik arba vishamte. He took out four hundred horns and excommunicated. So Yashka is excommunicated for speaking disrespectfully to his rabbi. Fine. Now, so far so good. Kol Every day he comes to ask forgiveness to be removed from excommunication. Every day, no. But here's the day. This is like a you know a sitcom type of uh, mess up. One day when Rav Yishum was saying Shema, Oslakame Yoshka comes to him, have a and that day he actually was going to accept him as as saying you're forgiven. But he was in the middle of Shema. So what do you do in the middle of Shema? You give the whole new like give me one minute. He says you know pushes him away. Give me a few minutes. So Yashka thought that he was being pushed away, and he said, that's it, I'm out. So he took a brick, put it down, and bowed down to it, just to do Avodah for Avodah sake. So Rav Shem Barachim finishes Shema, goes over to Yashka, and he says, no, you can come back. I have a tradition called Once you sin and cause others to sin, it's not, it's too late. So meaning he also caused others to do Avodah we have a tradition about this student, this Grace student. The worst Jew to ever live is a god to them, right? The word the the Grace student that he was Kishiv, he did sorcery. Hesis, he caused others to do Avodazara. Hediach, he pushed other people off the derech. Hechti is Yisrael, and he caused Jews to sin. That's this, this guy. Tani Rishim Belazar Oimer. Rishim Belazar says a rule. Yetzer, Tinak, Ve'isha. When it comes to the Yetzer Hara, when it comes to women and children, take small You should never push them off Legamri. I'll go through each one. Children, uh, you you have to be tough with them a little bit, but not too tough. Women also, it's not they 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 don't they're not as tough as men, and therefore if you push them too hard, it's just gonna it's gonna break them. And the yitzharah also, what that means is um, uh, abstaining. Uh, historically, a man is not supposed to be involved with arayas, but if you go like celibacy, like the priests, that's not the ratzon hashem either. So you have to push away, but not legamri. Okay, later.
We're just getting started. That's a long document. Because Art Scroll is to be politically correct. Art Scroll is being sold in, in Barnes and Nobles and Amazon. But if you go in the old Gemara, they say they say this was taken out by the censors. That's no, what they say. But if you look in the in the new Gemaras, they have the Nuschoi Sachriti. It says Yeshua Neitzer. No, no, I, yeah. I knew that. Yeah, uh, yeah, Art Scroll. Art Scroll. Uh, yeah, they, they, a mini mention to it, but they don't even mention who it is. They just say this original. This original Gemara was taken out by the censors. Yeah. So the Mishnah says like this. It's a good Gemara to know. Yeah. So let's say they put aside the Egla Rufa, right? Egla Rufa was meant when you don't know who killed the guy. So let's say you put aside the calf, and they're about to do Egla Rufa, and all of a sudden they catch the guy. So the halacha is... The calf goes back. It's not Aser No, You could eat it. They set aside the calf and then they found the bad guy before they did the Egla Rufa. So the calf is uh, fine. Go back home. It's not a problem. But once they do the Egla Rufa, even if they find the murderer, you're not allowed to eat the cow. The halacha is, obviously not eat, you're not allowed to benefit from the skin of the calf. You're not allowed to sell the... The halacha is the Egla Rufa was Aser And therefore they, were, they had to bury it in the spot. The halacha is, even if you find the murderer, it doesn't make the Egla Rufa not Asabana, because at the time, it was in doubt who the murderer was. It was brought in a case of doubt. At the time, it was a suffix. Therefore, it's considered a full-fledged Egla Rufa. Now, if you do the Egla Rufa and then you find the murderer, you still have to kill the murderer. The murderer is not exempt. This Egla Rufa does not exempt the murderer from the death penalty. You still have to kill the guy. Fine. Again, you only do Egla Rufa when we're not sure who the murderer is. Now, let's say one witness says, I saw the guy who killed it. I could identify who the murderer is. But another witness says, no, you didn't. So it's one against one. They cancel each other out. It's back to being a doubt. The halacha is, there is an Egla Rufa. Or Aymer Isi Isha. Aymer is Isi. One woman says, I saw one woman. said, no, you didn't. So you are from this Egla Rufa because they cancel each other out. And therefore, it's back to being a doubt. And therefore, there is an Egla Rufa. Let's say one witness says, I saw the Egla Rufa. I saw the murderer. Two witnesses said, no, you didn't. So the two beats one. Back to no, there's no, there's no identification of him. And therefore, there's an Egla Rufa. You are. But let's say two people say, I saw the murderer. And one says, no, you didn't. So two beats one. The murderer has been seen. And therefore... There's no Egla Rufa because uh, there are two witnesses that said that they saw the guy, so that, that, that means that it's not in doubt anymore. The Gemara continues. <coughs> the Misha continues. When the amount of murder is increased, there was no more Egla Rufa. They stopped Egla Rufa because the Egla Rufa was only meant when there was a case of doubt who killed him. But once there was like famous murderers going around, everyone knew that that was the guy who did it, so there's no more Egla Rufa. From here until the end of the Masechla, basically, um, it talks about how there was a slow decomposition in history leading up to Mashiach. It says, Mishabah Eliezer ben Dinoi. Eliezer ben Dinoi was a famous murderer. Utchina ben Perisha, they called him Tchina ben Perisha, and Chazel Lukroise ben Haratzchanim. They eventually just called him the murderous son. That was his nickname. So once he was very popular, then uh, Egla Rufa stopped. Another thing, Mishrabu Haminofim, once an amount of adulterers increased, 
Pasco and Maimarm, there's no more Saita waters. They stopped doing the Saita waters because, first of all, everybody would just be killed left and right. And also, the whole Saita waters only works when the society is, is pure and there's one random woman who makes a mistake. Once everybody is uh, impure, then the whole thing doesn't work anymore. Rav Yechem and Zaka, Hifsikun, Rav Yechem and Zaka was the one who stopped the Saita waters. Why? Because Allah says, I will not examine your daughters because they're harlots, meaning Hashem is not going to examine us when we're this impure. Imagine if there was a death penalty in Ephraim. The question is who'd, who'd be left. So at some point you got to stop. So the Gemara Mishnah continues. Mishames Yosi. But it's not chotaniska. It's a society can't function like this. There's a certain point the society was falling apart. When those two rabbanim died, the eshkalos, the grape seized eshkalos is a reference to a tzaddik who knows everything, who has knowledge of the entire Torah, kol ha-tarikul. Those two were the last ones who had knowledge of kol ha-tarikul. So the Mishnah continues, Ein bikura There's no more eshkal to eat. Yoichan Kaingadol Hever Hoidoyas Meiser. Yoichan Kaingadol stopped the recitation of the Meiser Vidoy, which we mentioned in the fourth and seventh year. Uh, uh, you get up and you say, I separated Meiser from the last three years properly. Yoichan Kaingadol stopped that. We'll see why in the Gemara. Afhu Bittal Es He also abolished the Ma'urin, the wakers up. The Gemara will explain what this means. Es Hanoikvin, the people that strike. Again, go to the next page. The Gemara will explain what this means. Ad Yopatish And until his day, Every, there would be hammer blows in Yerushalayim. Uh, the Gemara will explain exactly what this means. And in his days, you didn't have to ask about Demai because uh, he made sure everyone separated Trumas and Mises properly. Okay. This is Yechanan Kayin Gadol. Okay. The Gemara will go through all the details of Yechanan Kayin Gadol. Well, yeah, the Gemara will go through each one. I didn't translate any of them. Tanur how do I know that if they do Egla Rufa, that you still kill the murderer, he still gets the death penalty, meaning he's not exempt from the death penalty because of Egla Rufa. The Pasuk says the land will not be calm until his blood is spilled, meaning the Egla Rufa just exempts the Kehila for their responsibility. It does not exempt the murderer from what he did. Okay, now... Here until, um, from here until, I'm sorry, we're up to the two dots, until the two dots, about eight lines into the wide lines, is a Gemara that we did um, we did recently. It's a little bit tricky. Rashi says, I'm not explaining this again. Rashi said, I already explained this recently. Mm-hmm. So we'll run through it. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's a long daf, but we'll, I'll, I'll do my best to explain it as, as properly as I can. So, The Mishnah said that if one witness says that he saw the murder, one witness disagrees, they cancel each other out. The implication is that if one witness says the, he saw the murder and there is no other one disagreeing, we believe him and there is no Egla Rufa. Obviously, we don't believe the one witness in order to kill the guy, but we believe the one witness in order to cancel the Egla Rufa. What's the source? The Pasuk says the Egla Rufa is brought when no one knows who killed the guy. As long as somebody knows. Even if it's one guy on the opposite side of the world, so you see that one witness is believed to, to at least cancel the Egla Rufa. So here's the Kasha, Rav Akiva Oimer. Now before we get to the Kasha, the quick line, Rav Akiva says, Menayin Sanhedrin Shiro Echad Shahara Gesanevesh Ve'in Makir Noisay Shalohe Yuarfin Tam Loimei Nein Loiro Va'loiro The halacha is that if one witness sees 
Let's uh, explain. One witness comes forward and says, I saw the murder. Is there Egla Rufa? No. What if one witness comes forward and says, I saw the murder, but I don't remember anymore. <laughs> is there an Egla Rufa? Yeah, because he doesn't remember. You, you, seeing but not remembering is the equivalent of not seeing. But what if one member of the Sanhedrin Agadol saw the murder, but he can't remember? Then the halacha is there's no Egla Rufa. Why? Because the Sanhedrin has to say, we didn't see him, but you did see him. I don't remember, but at least you saw him at some point. If you saw him at some point, that's an exemption. Okay, now we said before that a single witness is believed to cancel Egla Rufa. Oh, here's the kasha. Let me explain outside. We, saw, we said in the Mishnah, one witness says that he saw the murderer. One witness says, no, you didn't. What are the halachas? They cancel each other out. But why? Once you believe the first witness to say, once one witness is believed to say that he saw the murderer, he has this power of two, right? Because Eid Echad, if you tell me Eid Echad is believed, it means that he has the power of two. So once he has the power of two, then the one guy who disagrees, it's two against one. The Torah doesn't give power to the one guy to disagree, but he gives power to the one guy to say, it empowers him with the power of two to say that he saw the guy. So once one guy says he saw the guy, he has the power of two. Another guy says, no, you didn't. It's two against one. It should be that we believe the first guy with the power of two. True, but the, but if the Gemara is assuming that if you accept the Aedis of one, it means it has the power of two. And once you tell him that one one witness is believed biblically, to cancel Egla Rufa, how could the other guy cancel each other out? Didn't Ula say, anytime the Torah believes one witness, it has the power of two. So it's two against one, so two should be one, and therefore there should be no Egla Rufa. So Amrach Ula, so Ula responds, Tani you orphan. So Ula says, You're right, you have to change the Girsa. That when it's one against one, it's really two against one, and there is no Egla Rufa. Not how you orphan, loy how you orphan. Rav Yitzchak also taught, change the Girsa. Rav Chia says, No, Tani you orphan. No, keep it as is, which is. There is Egla Rufa. One beats one. And one cancels each other out. Wait a minute. What does Rav Chia do with Ula? So Rav Chia says it depends. When the two witnesses, when they come at the same time, one against one, but at the same time, they cancel each other out. When one witness comes forward and his testimony is accepted, he has the power of two, and then the second guy can't cancel him. But if they come at the same time, they cancel each other out. Okay. Tanan, we have a Kasha and Ula. Akash and Ruchia. Ruchia is saying that when it's one against one, they cancel each other out, and he doesn't believe that one has the power of two. But wait a minute, it's not. The next case in the Mishnah is if one witness says, you saw the, I saw the murder, and two witnesses say, no, you didn't, the halach is two beats one. The implication is one against one, one against one, the first one is believed. It's not like Ruchia. V'letamech, so Rechia says, wait a minute, you're going to be a medayik, go to the next case. Shnaim ayme re'inu ve'echad ayme lo'i re'isem, lo'i hayu orfin, ha'chad v'chad hayu orfin. So this is a contradiction, basically, of implications of whether one against one, does it cancel each other out or not. So here's what Rechia says. El masinsen kulo v'psulei edis. K'dir of Nechemia, d'amr kol makam sh'amina tari re'echad, halach ha'chareiv de'es, v'asu sh'tei na'ashem e'she'echad, k'shnei ha'nashem e'she'echad. Rechia says, I disagree with your whole premise. What was your whole premise? Your whole premise is that when one witness is believed, it has the power of two, and then two uh, should beat one. The answer is, says Rechia, when you have an edus that we accept psulei edus, when you have a matziv where we accept people that are disqualified, like children, women, and slaves, then the halacha is different rules. We don't we don't go by we go by actual numbers. Meaning, 
when it comes to Edus, I mentioned in the past, four against two, what's the halacha? No, it's equal. But says Ruchia, no. When you have an Edus that you accept Psuli Edus, then we push and go by numbers. So your whole assumption is that one has the power of two and then one against one should be... No, no. There's no power of two. When it's Psuli Edus, when the Torah accepts Psuli Edus, and you have an Edus where the Psulim could be testify, it's a numbers game only. One against one will be equal. One against two, two will win. Four against two, four will win. The, the, the rules of regular Edus, which is... Once you have two, it's equal to 100. And one has the power of two. All those things are out the window when you have psule edis. Once you accept psule edis, once you have a testimony that we allow psule edis to testify, then it's a numbers game only. One against one is equal. Two against one, two wins. Three against two, three wins. It's a purely numbers game. That's Rav Chiyashita. The Gemara continues, Ikad Amri, some say a slight different version of Rav Chia, and that is, that's only true that it's a numbers game when the first person to testify is a woman. So if it's the first person to testify is Pasoledus, then it's numbers. But if the first person to testify is a man, then, then uh, women do not beat a man. The Gemara says, The first person to testify is Pasoledus normally, but in this case they're accepting Correct. No, but the point is that even Rav Chia does does not go with a numbers game unless the first person to testify is a woman. Meaning, if a woman, one woman testifies and then two women testify, two beat one. Three women testify and then five women testify, five beats three. But if the first person to testify is a man, let's say one man testifies, then then two women will not beat him. So yeah, kiachadamia. If the first person to testify is a woman and she's invalid, then two invalid witnesses will, will beat her. This is how teaches it. But when you have one man testifying first, then even two women are not going to beat him. Again, the, the, we, we've had this in the past. Um, okay, fine. Back to the regular uh, of more agadita until the end of the daf. The Gemara says, one, one, "Sorry, one more thing." According to Rav Chia, it's a numbers game. Yeah. So what did the Mishnah say? One against one cancels each other's out. One against two, two wins. Two against one, two wins. So why do you have to have both cases? They both. The last two cases of the Mishnah is that two against one, two wins. It starts first. One says, then two disagree. Two say, then one disagree. They do the same thing. Two beats one. So the answer is Mao. The reason why you need both cases is to tell you that two beats one in all scenarios, whether it's being lenient or being machmer. Okay, fine. Once there were enough infamous murderers, there's no Eglarufa. Why? Because Eglarufa only comes when you're not sure who killed the guy. But Rashi says, once there were infamous murderers, everyone knew that was that guy. It was his calling card. So there's no more tachas of Eglarufa. And then once it stopped, it just stopped. So that means it wasn't because of anything else except for the they basically knew who the, the, they were top five murderers and they knew it's one of these five so the, the, there's no they point exactly yeah yeah. even though they, they couldn't pinpoint who specifically but the mob is a good example they, they knew that it was like a hit job by one of these five gangs so the, the, there's no purpose of doing Aguilar Rufa the also, then the Mishnah says that once there were enough adultery going on, they stopped the Mayim Amarim, they stopped the Soto waters. So the truth is like this. The Pasuk says that the waters will only test the wife when the man is innocent. Meaning, what does it mean? The man could be guilty for a couple of reasons. 
the husband could be guilty for three reasons. He could have lived with his wife after she became a sota, so he did a navera with his wife. He could have doing, been doing adultery himself, or he could have been visiting prostitutes, which is not adultery, but it's a, it's a znus. The Pasik is saying, we only, the waters only work if the husband is also a good guy. Once the husbands were also bad, meaning they stopped the Mayim Amarim, because not only were the women just having adultery left and right, so women would just be dying, dropping like flies, but the problem is the husbands were also guilty. So the waters weren't even working. right? If the husband does Averis, the waters won't help. So it doesn't work. If the whole society is going to, going to crumbles, it doesn't work. The Gemara says... Only when the husband is innocent of guilt, the waters won't help. Yeah. I don't know, it's... Yeah, yeah. It won't help. So therefore they stop doing it. And then the Brisa says, the Pasuk says, But I'm not going to punish their children. So what does that mean? <laughs> it says that the, the waters won't help if the, if the man's a, a scumbag, but I'm not going to punish the children. What does it punish the children do? So the Gemara, my volume, what, what is this Pasuk adding to? Meaning, you might think that, um, that the... the, the oh, Toshima, meaning... That you might think like this. The Pasuk says, I will not examine your daughters because they, they do idolatry, they do harlotry. What, what does this mean? Um, it means, not only the waters won't work if the children are also mezan. Meaning, you might think that the waters will only affect her if she's guilty, but if her children are also guilty, it's not. It, it doesn't affect her. I will not examine you on the account of your daughters. Meaning, if the daughters are also committing adultery, the mother's also not going to be found guilty. It only works when she is the problem in her family. But when her husband is mezana, it's not going to help. When her children are mezana, it's not going to help. So therefore, So he said that if the husband is committing averis, the waters won't help. What type of averis? Maybe it means only if it, if he's mezana with a married woman. What if he's mezana with a zayna with a prostitute? Hashem will only separate if there's no znos. Once there's znos, he's not going to separate. And the Pasuk then ends off saying people will not understand, will stumble. The Navi said to Klal Yisrael, The waters will only check the wife if, if, if you care. If you collectively don't care, the water's not going to check the wife. Meaning, if the husband is being mezana and the daughters and sons are being mezana, then the waters are not going to just kill the mother. It's, it's not, it's, it's, there's no purpose in that. Okay, weiter in the Gemara. Mishirabu bali hano nisavsu adinim. When enough pleasure seekers increased, justice justice was perverted. Meaning, when people were into Gashmias, so then justice became perverted because you could start buying off the rabbanim and the judges. and everyone's actions deteriorated. and there was no satisfaction uh, from the actions of people. Mishirabu when the number of judges who showed favoritism, a lot of it is affected by, uh, it's a trickle-down effect. Once there's a perversion of justice, then everything just really falls apart. So once the, rab- once the Dayanim showed favoritism, then the Avera of Le'i which is that you shall not tremble before men, you shall not take bribes, 
was mevatel. Uposak loy sakiru. And then the Pasuk of Yishalna show favoritism ended. Uparku ol shamayim. And people removed the yoke of heaven. Benosam ol basavadam. And on the contrary, they only feared man, because it's all whole, uh, the old mighty dollar. Mishirabu loy shilchishes bedin. And then when the number of people who whispered to the judges, right, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's bribing the judges, and then there's going to the judges privately, arguing your case not in front of court, which is also inappropriate. Once that started happening, Rabbi Charenaf Yisrael, a divine anger increased amongst Klal Yisrael. V'nistalka Ashchina and the Shechina left. Mishum Shenem Bekelik Him Yishbad because Hashem only stays when there's justice. Huh? Well, you know, it gets worse, actually. And then the Pasuk says, then people started following their hearts' lusts after gain, which is the Yigmamish can, uh, the, you could start buying people. Yeah. Then the Dayanim started saying what's bad is good and what's good is bad, right? Because it's all, you see this, but I'm not going to say Chasashon for the Jewish people, but you see the Gaisha Velt, that, that it's all, it's all Sheker, it's all money, right? Right? A man is a woman, is a woman is a man, is only because they're making money off it. They don't actually care. No, nobody cares what these things are. They are making money, so they have all. Everyone has. Everyone has their own uh, agendas. It's all money. So Rabbi, so Rabbi, and then once enough people were saying what's bad is good, what's good is bad. The cries of whoa, whoa came into the world. Caused a lot of tzaras, which caused people to spit far distances. Uh, the Rashi says that means is uh, to spit in public is a certain level of gaiva. It's like you don't care. It's as your, once there's enough gaiva in the world, then Rabbi Yehirim, then arrogant people increase. And less Tamid is looking around someone to learn it. Once there's enough gaiva in the world, this is unbelievable. So Jewish women, instead of looking for Tamid to marry, they started looking for Balagaiva to marry. Why? Because the generation only sees the external. If that's not the most accurate line of where, where we are, the only thing that people see is the external, right? Instagram, right? The, everyone, it's all, it's all a show. Then, so wait a minute, so you're telling me that Baligaiva, therefore Jewish women looked for Baligaiva to marry, like that was the, uh, the pedestal to look for. But wait a minute, Anies is true. I thought the Brasek says that a Baligaiva will not even satisfy his family, meaning that his family won't respect him. So you're telling me that when there's Baligaiva, that's what people are looking for to marry. I thought people don't respect Baligaiva. The answer is, Originally they marry the guy because they think that's what they want, but then after they married him, they realize there's no cover there. So it starts off with looking for Baligaiva. But then once they actually marry the Baligaiva, they realize there's nothing to it. Okay, Vaiter, we'll just finish up three more minutes. When judges would start looking for merchandise and start trying to do business, you see, a judge should not be looking to do business privately with individuals because it's gonna it shows that they could be bought. So once the judges would start looking to people like, hey, I heard you have a business, so maybe we could work together, that, that, that's, that already led to... To, to being able to bribe them. But that led to bribery and perversion of justice. And the good of the world stopped. And when the number of judges that 
would acknowledge the favor of others, meaning they started to get favors from people. Rabu Isha Yashab and Yase led to the Pasuk describing every man does whatever they want. Shvalim Hugbalu, Vagvayim Shushvalu, low people became raised up. Chashava people were lowered down. Machusa Azlav and Avla, the Jewish kingdom deteriorated more and more. Misharabu Tsarayim Vitarfe Teref, and it led to miserly people. And people um, that just looked after themselves, that Rabu that led to people being tight fisted and refusing to lend money, which led to a biblical uh, prohibition of that you, shall, um, you should lend out and make sure there's no lawless people. And then it led to the increased number of women walking with necks stretched and winking eyes, promiscuous, which led to more soda waters, which actually led to the soda water stopping. Meaning, it originally there was a tremendous increase in the soda waters because there was a need, and then they realized, ah, all right, this is too much, we've got to stop this. And when the number of uh, acceptors of gifts, right, accepting gifts leads to, you know, owing people money, which leads to, you know, not good things. The days of people's lives decreased, the years became shortened, stress. When the number of haughty people, haughty rabbonim increased, it led to more machlekes. Because the machlekes is not l'shem shemaim. When you had enough tamidim shaman and hillel who were not, um, who not, who did not uh, um, serve their rabbonim earlier, meaning it wasn't l'shem shemaim. Rob Machlekes Bisrael led to more Machlekes, Venatis Torah Kishte Torahs, and it led to the, looking like there's two religions, that there was Shammai and Hillel. It either means they didn't learn Gemara properly, or it means they didn't have enough coverage for Rabbonim. So they were just arguing because that's what you do when you're in Shammai and Hillel, but they're not actually looking for the truth. And the last one is, and this is a big sugya, it's not for now, maybe I'll talk about this Tuesday night, the Isser of accepting Tzedakah from Goyim. There's an Isser of accepting Tzedakah from Goyim. Those that accepted from Goyim, it led to the Goyim being on top and the Jews being below them. Jews inside and them outside. And it led to bad things. We'll end with this. End on a, the, the Mishnah said that when Yosi ben Yezid and Yosi ben Yehuda died, it bottled the grapes. My Eshkalis, what does it mean? No more grapes. Um, Rav Yudah, Ish Shahakolboy. Eshkalis is Ish Shahakolboy, a man who possessed everything. All of that, once they died, we no longer have them. We have our version of them, but we don't have the Emerson version.